Thank you, Ben. He just gets better every time he gets up here. Yeah. Sweet. Happy Mother's Day. Welcome. Really nice to see so many people come out and bring children bringing their mothers and mothers bringing their children for Mother's Day. It's just a sweet thing to know that, there's, that you've taken time out of a special day like this and find meaning and connection here in a way that I think is so wonderful and it is our heartfelt desire and devotion to provide something of value when you step through these doors. So, so we, we really appreciate your recognition and, and accepting the invitation to be part of that. So good morning. If you're here for the first time, we do a few things here to get rolling, and one of them you just witnessed, and the beautiful work with the, uh, uh, the announcements this morning. A lot of things happening here. This is a very active and dynamic community. A lot of movers and shakers, and we're very blessed by that. So I'm going to invite you to just drop into 30 seconds of silence and just kind of connect with that, that aliveness and that life within you that I would call the divine, the sacred, and I will time us. I've got a clock I can keep an eye on for 30 seconds, and then I will offer a, a chant called In This Very Room. And if you're unfamiliar with it, just allow it to wash over you and through you as an offering of love. And then I will offer an affirmative prayer. So let's begin. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit, is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. And so I recognize and offer my words in service to, in recognition of, and in the activation of that divine life, that love beauty that lives within each and every one of us. And so I invite you to just allow my words to be your words, and if they're not a fit, let them wash over you. But I affirm and know there is one life, one power, there's one divine presence, one spirit, one God. It is both male and female, it is a principle, it is the vibration of the Most High, and it is fully alive here and now. It is as much feminine as it is masculine. And we celebrate that femininity. We celebrate the great work, the great avatars, the great prophets and teachers that have come down through the ages, that have become that clean, hollow vessel of divine expression in their own lives and in their own articulation of their embodied experiences of that energetic, of that divine intelligence, of that wisdom, grace, and love. And so we are here an, an inclusive, an interdenominational community, a basket 
that can hold all of the traditions for we understand all of us are connected. All of us belong. All of us are longing to fulfill our soul's purpose and destiny and to be here to create and in the awe and wonder of not even that which the Spirit can anticipate is our opportunity to create. For in the creation, it is something new. So I affirm and know that something new is finding me here and now and I'm, I'm in service to that. And I support you and welcome you in stepping into that in the faith and the groundedness and the knowing and the love and beauty and opportunity of all that is possible. I bless, we bless our musicians. We bless hearing music, ears to hear, eyes to see, all of our volunteers, all the lives that have been touched and impacted as a result of waking up to the truth of our being. So this day is a day of awakening. It is a day of recognition of the mothers that gave us birth, of mother nature, of the divine feminine that we are immersed in and is immersed in us. For this I give thanks and invite you to say with me, and so it is. Amen. I'm getting sign language from the back, and I'm, to my best of my ability, I'm interpreting it. So, I think I'm supposed to steal third. <laughs> anyway, beautiful. Here we are. So, I have a friend that's very uh, uh, clairvoyant. Anybody have a friend that's, that sees things and knows things? And yeah, we all do. I think we've all had experiences. And, and I just want to share with you that several months ago, um, uh, they've never seen the environment of where I speak from. And um, this, I was on the phone with this person. It's someone that I met through going to John of God. When you go to John of God, it opens up a whole doorway of mystics and clairvoyance. And they said to me, well, you don't stand on a... Your mother's with you during every service. So I think she's standing right here, but she could be over here. Um, but, uh, and that you don't stand on a platform, a typical platform. And I thought, isn't that interesting? And she said, but your mom's always there and she's singing along and she's holding a little prayer book because my mother was very, very devoted, devoted to her spiritual practice. So I just want to let you know that even though my mother made her transition this year, she's here with us in spirit. And I think that for all of us to know that and the awareness that w- when we think of someone that's no longer with us in form. The relationship doesn't change. It's just that the form changes. So um, I'm going to do my best to keep my mother entertained today along with you in something that's valuable and impactful. So today is Mother Day 2017. We, we are and I am the place where generosity shows up. And so I want to talk today about three aspects of motherhood. And one is the Divine Mother. We'll start there. Um, uh, We've got, oh, lovely slide. Wasn't that beautiful? Someone added a beautiful slide of baby's feet that I didn't have before. It's lovely. Thank you. Um, and so we'll talk about divine, the divine feminine. We're going to talk about mother nature, which is so powerful that we're immersed in, and also this idea of what motherhood can look like. And I think it's in really the perspective of what my mom was, because there were 11 of us. So she was very, very preoccupied with tasking. But I think all of them represent so beautifully what this idea of motherhood is. So Dr. Holmes wrote in our Science of Mind textbook, he's our founder, wonderful teacher, honored all traditions, didn't think we needed another religion on the planet, we had plenty of them, just go be a good whatever you are, and perhaps our insight and awareness about the perennial truth and wisdom will assist you in whatever it may be. And people said, no, 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 we want this as our tradition, not that anymore. And he said, okay, well, here we go. But prolific student, eclectic, drew from all the traditions, he wrote this, the divine feminine, The soul of the universe is bound by its own nature to accept. It is impersonal and neither knows nor cares who's using it. 
It is formless, having no mind of its own. It has been called the universal feminine or the holy womb of nature because it is receptive and creative. So important to understand this. So important. So the, the, the aspect of spirit is both male and female. That's why the Chinese yin and the yang, the light and the dark, it requires both. It requires the, the masculine and the feminine. And the feminine is that receptivity. So this idea that it is, it is bound by its own nature. It can be no other thing. It, and it's so it's, it is impersonal and neither no, knows nor cares who's using it. So whatever we do, whatever intention we set, whatever idea we impress upon it, it says yes. It can do no other thing. It is that universal feminine because it's receptive. It takes in whatever it is we give to it. And it will help produce whatever that seed is that's planted. He continues in this quotation. It is the medium of the law of cause and effect of all race suggestion. So collectively, as a group, there are ideas that we've all agreed on, that we all believe. And because we believe in them, we are impressing collectively those ideas upon this infinite intelligence. He says, well, we will continue to have evil on the planet as long as people continue to believe in evil. And there's a lot of people on the planet that believe in evil. But it's the only way it operates, because it says yes to whatever it is. It does not discriminate. It doesn't say, no, you can't give me that idea. Here's an idea that, this is whatever idea may be. So, the soul is without conscious consciousness, but it is conscious in relationship to the impressions it has received, whether they be truth or only belief. And with mathematical certainty and precision, backed by the law of its own being, it proceeds to execute the ideas given it. With mathematical precision. So the way that we impact that, the way we alter that, is by developing greater clarity within ourselves, greater devotion into ourselves. So the greatest gift, the three ideas today that I wanted to just touch on with you is the three, our greatest gift, building the nest, and the invisible mom. One speaks to the divine feminine, one speaks to mother nature, and one speaks to this practicality of what motherhood can look like. And so in that, we, we begin our discussion around this, this greatest gift. So the greatest gift, let me use this as an example. Jesus said, I have come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Revolutionary idea. The nerve of this man, abundant life. And abundant life requires following his example. And his first example was the recognition of the presence of God in his life. It was revolutionary in that, that God was not out there somewhere, that we weren't trying to please God, but in fact that God was the, the very source and substance of his aliveness, this Christed consciousness. So a recognition is one, and then inviting that presence to have a place within our souls. So you'll hear me say in prayer, there's one life, that life is God's life, that life is my life now. There's a spark of divinity that lives within all of life. We are extraordinary in our capacity to choose. So the greatest gift that we have is choice, partnering in co-creation, revealing what is already there by accepting who we are and accepting fully our opportunity to understand whether our thoughts be beliefs or truth, they are accepted and they are acted upon. So we may have a belief, an error belief that there's not enough or I'm not enough or I don't deserve enough, or whatever it may be, that I need to impress certain people in order to have in my life, that I'm doomed to a life of failure, that I don't have the skills or gifts, whatever it may be, those are beliefs. So that's not the truth. 
But this infinite law responds to that feeling tone, that nature, that vibration. And so when we understand that, it's our opportunity to say, wow, I've, I've learned enough from this now. I'm going to choose in a new way. What is my opportunity here? What has brought me to this? And typically, in celebration of mothers, most of those awarenesses and realizations come out of friction. I have been in labor rooms watching my, my wife give birth, and it has involved friction. Anybody else ever witnessed that? There's some friction involved with that. There's usually some, some loud screams that come out once in a while and things of, that probably language used that you wouldn't use in public, but it's, uh, it can happen there. But it's friction. The incubation, period. Giving birth can be uncomfortable, to say the least. And what I love about Holmes is that it's mathematical and it's precise. See, it's mathematical. I've been doing so much work with Joe Dispenza in this, in the measurements of how he's measuring consciousness and the shifts and changes. He's bringing all the science in in ways we've never measured before. But it's mathematical. It's precise. And yet we are so fluid in our nature. You know, we can say, we'll say one thing and then we'll, we'll delete something in the same sentence because of our duplicity, because of our lack of faith. We are created in the image and likeness of the divine. Have we heard that before? We are created in the image and likeness. And so the soul of the universe is conscious in relationship to the impressions it has received. And it acts upon those impressions. Those impressions are what you and I give our mental energy to, our mental spiritual coin. We plant a seed through repetition and a repetitive feeling tone and produce a result. The soul of the universe is open and available to every living presence upon the planet. But you and I are unique in how we interact or have the opportunity to interact. We're not stuck. We are made in the, the image and likeness. Therefore, doesn't it make sense that we could, we could and should possibly think more of ourselves? I was looking out at nature yesterday and I looked at all the leaves that are popping in the trees in front of our house. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if, if the, the, the thing that we exchanged for different things was, was leaves from trees? I mean, how did we land on this thing that, that it's, it's this currency? What if it was leaves? We just go off and pull leaves off the tree and go, Gee, I got, I got 300 leaves here. I'm going to go to the hockey game. <laughs> That's enough for a pizza. But we live in such an abundant, plentiful universe. Our choices build faith in something. Our choices either build faith in possibility, opportunity, creativity, or they build faith in belief that I, as I mentioned, some of those error beliefs are restrictions and limitations. And that's so difficult to unravel. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's really the truth. To, when people say to me it doesn't work, it's not that it doesn't work, it always works. You don't work. I'm not saying that to upset anybody, but that's the truth. I, I can, just along with everybody else, I've said this prayer thousands of times and nothing has changed. Well, maybe it's something you need to change. Well, God has abandoned me. God never abandons us. That's like a feeling abandoned by a father. That's people's most idea. But we are immersed in it, always right here. And that's a beautiful thing. Our choices build faith. Jesus talked about moving mountains. He said, because you have so little faith, this is from Matthew, for all you Bible readers, in case you forgot. Because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it would move. Nothing would be impossible for you. But he understood that. See, he understood how this works. But what's so important about it is building the faith, building the knowing, building the certainty. See, the mountain is a metaphor. 
Everybody has mountains in their lives. That's why we showed up. We've all got mountains. And we either say it's impossible or wait, there's a way through, there's a way around this, there's a way over this. And most of our mountains are molehills, quite honestly. But we think, we think about them enough and all of a sudden they are mountains in our lives. Yeah, I'll get back to you on that positive thinking and saying those affirmative prayers, but I've got a mountain right now I'm dealing with. If you truly believe that your word has power, which is what Dr. Holmes talked about, what we say we become, if you truly believe your word has power, would you be saying and would you be thinking the things you're saying and thinking most of the time? We just forget. Feeding this, this divine soul with possibility, opportunity. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, I used to think that about myself. I used to think this was a limitation. I used to think I was so broken because I did this. Oh, my God. You won't believe people come in for prayer and they say, you won't believe what happened. Oh, my gosh. And then they go on and on about the story. And as a practitioner, I'm not going to believe what happened. Not only am I not going to believe what happened, I don't care what happened because that's not my role in this. I have empathy. I have love and compassion because I know suffering sits there. But I'm not going to feed that story with you. You didn't come to me for that. And as a matter of fact, eventually you won't care what happened. You'll realize, oh my gosh, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. I stayed in that lousy job too long. I stayed in that relationship that was abusive and restrictive and full of obstacles too long. Whatever it may be. And sometimes the job is transformed. Sometimes the relationship is transformed. That's up to you. I'm not saying. But we're never stuck. But we can sure feel that way. We can sure feel like we're spinning in, in things that, that are so overwhelming and so difficult to, to work through. What we say most often, we become. Most stories I hear about how big it is, how impossible it is. I'm going through so much stuff right now. If you only knew what I'm going through, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that I have experienced some form of what you're going through. And I have the compassion, as I said. There's no remedy possible when all we are doing is reinforcing the problems emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. You will not move a mountain or overcome the obstacle by continuing to reinforce the obstacle or the mountain. Just can't. That is physically impossible, and we know that. How do we break ourselves free from that? The first words in the Christian Bible are, and God said, let there be. We are created in the image and likeness. We are created in the image and likeness. That's from traditional scripture. That isn't me making it up. That Dr. Holmes didn't come up with that. We are created in the image and likeness, which means that as the universe was created, we have the opportunity to create our own universe. God created the Pacific Ocean at some level, and he used evolution over time to do it. He was in no hurry. He's never in a hurry. Spirits are never in a hurry. We're the ones in a hurry. So we got the Pacific Ocean. We got the Rocky Mountains. We got all this stuff. You and I have the opportunity to create in this moment with a new thought, with a new idea, with planting a new seed. You and I, when we say let there be, what comes after it? When we say let there be, there must be a be. And there always is. Let there be because our word has power. Our word has authority, but the authority that we give to it and understand, and it's not our egoic nature, it is that life force that wants expression through us. And that's why spiritual practice and spiritual discernment is so important. When, I, when, I, when you and I affirm I am abundantly supplied, 
I'll just watch this, how this works, because this is kind of how I've seen it happen. I'm abundantly supplied, and then we pull our wallet out, and we go, no, I'm not. That's not true. We put it back in our pocket. We affirm and deny within 20 seconds. Everything that we've done, we've unraveled. My teacher used to say to that, when I'd go in and I'd, I would pour out all my problems, and she'd sit there and laugh at me. She's a wonderful practitioner. She gave me my life, and she sat there endlessly, <laughs> patiently with me, and kept unraveling it with me and dissolving it. And she would laugh because she wouldn't accept any of it. It wasn't that she was cruel. She'd just go, oh, tell me another one. i go, well, wait, wait till I tell you what I did this week. I'll prove to you how hopeless I am. And she said, ah, that's happened before. You'll get over that. You'll stop doing that. You'll stop behaving like that. You got an addiction right now? You'll stop it eventually. Joe Dispenza said that when Laura and I were with him. He said, you know, we find when people do this work consistently because it's mathematical and precise, consistently, that eventually the addictions just go away. People get up one morning, you know what? I don't want to smoke anymore. I don't want to overdrink anymore. I don't want to overeat anymore. All of those, those addictions represent restrictions within our, the flow of our body. Our bodies are precise. And when we all of a sudden start to wake up and start to purify some of those energy centers, Joe talks about, the Hindus know about it, they call it chakras. Joe calls it energy centers. Life force moves through us in a whole new way. All of a sudden, there's something more interesting to do besides abuse our physical bodies or try to numb ourselves out because life is painful. But it is not as painful as we make that mountain to be. And the waking up, there's side benefits to waking up. We are living in a time right now where, where more common people are doing more uncommon things than ever before. That is true. There are amazing things going on on this planet right now despite what the papers and newspapers will tell us. Isn't it remarkable that the world hasn't imploded when, when we've got a, kind of this chaos and just in the shadow rising up in the political system, especially in the United States, that we're all still alive? Because people, you know, people that really are shook by this realize, oh my God, but life goes on. We're going to get through this. This is just an opportunity for us to make a new choice. Eh, maybe that won't work. We thought that would work. People got upset. People got angry. Let's do something different. Whatever it is, we just want different. Shows up. Now we get to look at it and go, eh, maybe not. It takes care of itself. Water always rises to its level. And we're watching the water of consciousness rise right now. I'll hear people say, well, God, why are you treating me this way? Or you must not exist. God's not treating us anyway. God is responding to us by the, the nature that we are. That's what's so challenging. Wouldn't it be great if God were this magic fairy godmother that would just tap us on the head and all would be well? Then we wouldn't learn anything. We wouldn't grow. We wouldn't expand. We are the thing itself, and our expansion is its expansion. We are one cell in the soul of the infinite that has an opportunity here to either thrive and create or do whatever we want. Do you realize the gift that we have with a great opportunity, with this great tool that we've been given, choice, volition, taking responsibility, and directing our lives in some capacity like never before? We're here to build faith and a belief around anything we choose. And the soul of the universe, who as Dr. Holmes articulated, always says yes to who we are and what we are. And it gives us, as a result of who we are, this day, this state of being. It can do no other because it doesn't have a choice. It can only say yes to whatever we give it. Do you realize how fortunate you are, how fortunate I am that this Father, Mother, God has given me and you the keys to the the keys to the car of consciousness, and I can drive it wherever I want to go. I can drive it to Vancouver. I can take it to Regina, Saskatoon, Calgary, 
or I can drive it off the high-level bridge. I get to choose because it is my consciousness. And this infinite divine presence says yes to whatever it is. So God hasn't abandoned you. God doesn't abandon me. God's always there to say, I love you. Whatever you choose, I got you. And if you've made a mistake and you did, you did metaphorically drive off the high-level bridge, make another choice. It's how you learn, how you crash and burn. Every life has mountains in it. Truth be told, Jesus rarely made it to the mountains. But what he did is he removed himself frequently. He retreated from the others. He would come and he would, he would go into the desert, see? There wasn't a whole lot of mountains around with Jesus. He, they were a ways away. He would go into the, the desert because he had to get away from the muchness of life. See, the same problems we have now, they had then. They had people in positions of power that were, I guess we could call, weren't as enlightened or as wise as perhaps you'd like. They had oppressive taxes. They had prejudice and bias. They had lack and limitation. All the things that they were struggling with that we struggle with goes on and on. But what he did was he realized that he wasn't about moving the matter around so much. He realized that the more he connected with the divine source of life and surrendered to it and allowed that life to guide his life, he knew what to say. He knew where to go because he was in co-creation with it. He was a revolutionary. This divine presence said, here's a revolutionary. Here's someone that's going to plant new seeds. He talked about love. No one was talking about love until he showed up. It was all the male energy. He demonstrated self-mastery. He removed himself from the distractions and the people that surrounded himself so he could come back and do things that were very, very uncommon. And so this Christ idea is the personalization, the awakening of that Christ consciousness within us. That's what the Christ consciousness means. That's what the term means. It means the anointed one. And so this is a beautiful opportunity to realize the divine feminine is always saying yes, always there to support us, always there to resources. So the divine feminine, always saying yes, always giving birth to what we give it. Beautiful, beautiful. Let's not waste another opportunity. I'm saying this to myself as well. What is precious to me? What do I want to grow? So, so we're immersed. Part of the example of how this works is Mother Nature. Mother Nature is such a beautiful, beautiful example of this. Always creating, like the leaves of the trees I was just talking about. We have had this tenacious robin that showed up in our lives. And this robin showed up, I don't know, when it's, you know, soon robins could come a couple weeks ago. And I was telling Laura, it's, it's trying to build a nest. And we've got a drain pipe coming off the east trough. But it's at an angle. It's at about a 45 degree angle. This robin was bringing material to build a nest there for days. I would watch it like... And it all sl kept sliding down. It wouldn't hold. You know, that drain pipe's slippery. There's no traction there for the nest to build. So now at the base of this, this drain pipe is this great big pile of what could have been a nest. It's just pieces now. So what then we did is we bought a basket. We bought some baskets. We hang them every year. And we went to Costco this week. And they were, Costco had them, so we always buy them there. So now what the robin's done, and this is about five feet from the front door. That robin has climbed in there, and now it's building the nest in the basket. And I'm like, I said to Laura, how's this going to work this year? Because we've got to go in and out here. And I know once the eggs show up, it's going to be, you know, what a, what a, and we want to support this, this beautiful robin. I mean, this, and there's magpies everywhere. I'm like, go figure. But this is nature, right? So here's this robin. And I, this morning I'm there working on my <laughs> Robin's landing in there and taking off. And never, interestingly enough, has not taken any of the old stuff that slid off and reusing it. Nope. Touched it once, I ain't touching it again. It's fascinating. But I looked in there this morning, I took a picture, I was trying to get it up, but it, it, it wouldn't, not enough light. This beautiful, beautiful nest ready for the babies. 
And this bird is tenacious. I mean, little piece by little piece by little piece. What is alive in this bird that just wants to support life and build the nest? But it's the same thing that's alive in us. It's the same thing as that divine expression and the the instincts are there so clearly. And so I'm trying to figure it out and I love, you can go online and just about find anything. Because I thought, what does this signify in my life? Because this is not an accident. We've never seen this before. But this robin is tenacious and has decided energetically, this is the house where I'm gonna build this nest this year. I'm like, you go, sister. And so we've got this little bird out there and I told her, I said, how are we gonna water that flower? I don't want the flower to die either. You know, there's a dilemma. Do we let the plant die so the robin can live? You know, that kind of, I'm just goofing. We'll, We'll get it watered, but very carefully. But here's what robin signifies. Robin signifies stimulation of new growth and renewal in many areas of life. It teaches that any changes can be made with joy, laughter, and a song in your heart. Huh? Joy, laughter, and a song in your heart. It doesn't have to all be friction. It doesn't all have to be the delivery room. This bird shows you how to ride the winds of passion within your heart and become independent and self-reliant through this change. The energy of this bird will teach you how to move forward with grace, tenacity, perseverance, and and assertion. Are you letting go of personal dramas, ones that no longer serve your higher purpose? Are you exercising, excuse me, compassion and patience in mental, spiritual, and emotional areas? This creature will teach you how to incorporate new beginnings with faith and trust in the process. It is time to believe in yourself and use the inspiration that is given. Listen carefully. It is time to sing your own song for a new period of your life. Isn't that lovely? Now, I can agree with that or disagree. I have choice. But I read that and I'm that's for me. I could say that's horse pucky or whatever term you'd use. But, but what a beautiful idea. And I think nature is always informing us. I've read story after story of people having encounters with nature at impactful times in their lives. When a loved one transitions and something shows up. But nature, we are connected to nature. It's no accident. It's mother nature. It is the nurturing, guiding, and directing. Because this, this little bird has been so tenacious, it ain't going away. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> there's got to be a, more, a safer, more convenient place for all of us to live. But we're going to live the rest of the summer with that robin. And it's a beautiful thing. Now I get it. So how can I make this work and support? But also to agree with these ideas. So wonderful. And the last piece I want to share with you today, and then we'll get Ben back up here to sing a beautiful song, is a story of the invisible mom. My mom made her transition this year, as I said, and it's different when your mom's not with you. And, and um, there's a lot of layers to that for me, but my mom is with me. I sense it. And, and we've had some, I've had some uh, mystical experiences with my mom around her transition, which I'll share at some point. Uh, But I know she's with me, because those that love us are always with us. And so this story comes called The Invisible Mom, and I want to share this with you. It all began to make sense, the blank stare, the lack of response, the way one of the kids will walk into the room while I'm on the phone and ask to be taken to the store. Inside, I'm thinking, can't you see I'm on the phone? Obviously not. No one can see if I'm on the phone or cooking or sweeping the floor or even standing on my head in the corner because no one can see me at all. I am invisible. The invisible mom. Some days I'm only a pair of hands and nothing more. Can you fix this? Can you tie this? Can you open this? Some days I'm not a pair of hands. I'm not even a human being. I am a clock to ask. Hey, what time is it? 
I'm a satellite guide to answer. What number is the Disney Channel? I'm a car to order. I need you right around 5.30, Mom. Some days I'm a crystal ball. Where's my other sock? Where's my phone? What's for dinner? I was certain that these were the hands that once held books and eyes that studied history, music, and literature, but now they have all disappeared. They've disappeared into peanut butter, never to be seen again. She's going, she's going, she's gone. One night, a group of us were having dinner, celebrating the return of a friend from England. She had just gotten back from a fabulous trip, and she was going to go on and on about the, the hotel she stayed in. I was sitting there looking around at the others, all put together so well. It was hard not to compare and feel sorry for myself. I was feeling pretty pathetic, and when she turned to me with a beautifully wrapped package and said, I brought you this, and it was a book on the great cathedrals of Europe. It wasn't exactly, I wasn't exactly sure why she'd given it to me until I read the inscription. With admiration for the greatness of what you are building when no one sees. In the days ahead, I would read, no devour the book. And I would discover what would become for me four life-changing truths after which I could pattern my work. Number one, no one can say who built the great cathedrals. We have no record of any of their names. Number two, these builders gave their whole lives for work they would never see finished. Number three, they made great sacrifices and expected no credit. And number four, the passion of their building was fueled by their faith that the eyes of God saw everything. A story of legend in the book told of a rich man who came to visit the cathedral while it was being built, and he saw workmen carving a tiny bird on the inside of a beam. And he was puzzled and he asked the man, why are you spending so much time carving that bird into a beam that will be covered by the roof? No one, no one will ever see this. And the workman replied, because God sees it. I closed the book feeling the missing piece fall into place. It was almost as if God whispered to me, I see you, I see the sacrifices you've made. I see the sacrifices you make every day even when no one around you does. No act of kindness you've done, no sequin you've sewn on, no cupcake you've baked, no Cub Scout meeting, no last-minute errand is too small for me to notice and smile over. You are building a great cathedral, but you can't see right now what it will become. I keep the right perspective when I see myself as a great builder, as one of the people who show up at a job that they will never see finished, to work on something that their names will never be on, the writer of the book went so far as to say that no cathedral could ever be built in our lifetime because there are so few people willing to sacrifice to that degree. When I really think about it, I don't want my son to tell the friend he's bringing home from college for Thanksgiving. I don't want him saying, my mom gets up at 4 o'clock in the morning and bakes homemade pies, and then she hand bakes the turkey for three hours and presses all the linens for the table. I don't want that. That would mean I built a monument to myself. I just want my son to come home with his friend, and then if there's anything more to say to that friend, he'd say, you're going to love it here. You're going to love it here. As mothers, and I'm including the guys in this, because there's that feminine aspect in all of us. As mothers, we are building great cathedrals. We cannot be seen if we're doing it right, and one day it is very possible that the world will marvel, not only at what we have built, but at the beauty that has been added to the world 
by the sacrifices of the invisible mothers. So every act, every thought, every feeling is responded to. Such a beautiful example of what Dr. Holmes talked about. It can be no other way. And so being together today and, and, and celebrating and loving everyone that has given birth, my mother, Thanks, Mom. Maybe next Mother's Day I can talk about it a little bit more. We're gonna we're gonna run the slides now with some music in honor of people's mothers and the plants that you brought in honoring your your mother this day or your grandmother. Thank you. Thanks, guys. ritual of the candle that we lit earlier and I didn't want to relight it, I didn't want it to go out today, we lit, lit it at the first service but we kindle this flame with love for mothers, past, present and future we kindle this flame in celebration of community and its generations we kindle this flame with respect and support for mother nature and the great circle of life of which we are all part thanksgiving to mother nature and to mothers thanksgiving to sacred earth, sacred air, sacred fire sacred water Thanksgiving to planet Earth and the cosmos. Thanksgiving to the interconnected great spirit and to the circle of nature. May the power of nature's awareness and the communion of oneness be in us and now with us in all times. Blessed be and so it is. Amen. Thank you, folks, and happy Mother's Day. <laughs>